My name is Scott Chaloner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. It is a crisp autumn day here in the capital as you join us and I'm delighted to say that my guest on today's show is Amy Barnwell, founder and director of Amy Wiggs Limited. Um, Amy, welcome and thank you for joining us. Hello. Pleasure to have you with us, Amy. Now, your business, yeah, Amy. Nice likewise. Now, your business, Amy Wigs. Um, it's quite interesting, isn't it? It's a bespoke wig making business that specialises in handmade European human hair wigs, covering men, women, and any children suffering from hair loss. Um, you've been in operation in the market um, for uh, ten years now. And I understand that you've sort of been educated at the London College of Fashion and also had a lot of experience working at the BBC wig store as well. So, quite a very um, sort of distinguished background in the sector, I think it's fair to say. Um, yeah, the aim was to end up here, but knew that I needed to get some years of experience under my belt before I gave it a good go. Um, and I managed to do that in the BBC and in the TV and film industry, which was great. And I'm very fortunate to have ended up where I am. Yeah, certainly so. And like I say, you've got um, your own sort of thriving business. And um, I suppose if we think about it in the context of the last 18 months, the word on everybody's lips when we've been thinking of the COVID-19 pandemic has been unprecedented. Um, Obviously, you know, TV um, has still been ongoing during this particular period um, of time, but it did have a period where things did have to stop sort of early on in the uh, the health crisis. Um, Operationally, as all of this has been unfolding, um, how has it affected your business, if at all? Um, so it was very, very unfixable, just like this business is, because obviously hair loss is not seasonal. Mm. There's no kind of um, predictable patterns you can follow within the year. Um, so I really was not sure how we would fare at all. But all I did know was that, um, unfortunately, cancer doesn't stop because of the pandemic hair loss doesn't stop. So I knew there would still be a need, but whether people would come to me or whether I'd actually be able to do, provide a service was sort of relatively unknown. But um, what ended up happening was I did close the first six weeks, I think it was in March last year, when everyone had to just sort of shut shop. My saving grace, to be honest, was I moved premises, um, which had been organised for sort of three to six months before COVID showed mm. its face. And that still went ahead just uh, as COVID kind of struck, essentially. And um, I moved to the premise I have my own building, whereas previously I had shared a building. Had I remained there, I wouldn't have been able to continue operating, obviously because of seeing other people. Um, so I was lucky that I could just go back to work. But what I managed to do mainly was I worked remotely. So I had to sort of think out the box quite a lot. Um, mainly because a lot of people were isolating or shielding, because um, a lot of a lot of clients are very vulnerable. Mm. Um, and the other thing that uh, I hadn't appreciated but quickly became aware of was that a lot of clients going through chemotherapy stopped being offered a wig on the NHS. Um, they just stopped that service for months and months, so people weren't given an option of a wig at all which for a lot of people, that was quite devastating. So um, having worked with ACT a lot, I did online consultations, guided clients to how to measure their head. And then I made the wigs from measurements 
and um, I sort of chose the hair and all the colour and all that sort of stuff here from the photographs and colour samples they provided me with. Um, and that seemed to work quite well. So once I'd made it, I sent it to clients. And generally, um, they fit really well, and the uh, clients are generally quite happy with them. So that was really, really good. Um, I also have, like, repeat clients who have, to say, Alpita, uh or a hair loss problem like that that they live with. And those clients, they get an opportunity to, to just reorder. They just rang me up and reordered. Um, and then I did have new clients, sort of gradually. My turnover was less, but I certainly wasn't in the red. So I was just grateful for that, basically. Um, mm. And then last summer, it kind of went extremely busy because people suddenly realized they had to see people. Um, they wanted to get all their wigs sorted or new ones made. And then the other side of it that I didn't anticipate was that because there was a lockdown, people felt who hadn't quite taken the time to get a hair made, that that was a good time to do it because they had the time at home to sort of get used to it so that when they started seeing people again, they might not necessarily remember how their hair was and they could just kind of wear it and blend in without anyone really noticing. So actually, we weren't as quiet as I thought we might be. So that was very fortunate. Yeah, it seems like it's been a very interesting time for you, especially, particularly so since you've kind of taken the responsibility upon your own shoulders to go and sort of be that kind of consultation figure for clients as well because hair is a huge part of people's self-esteem isn't it and when they've lost the opportunity as you mentioned there to sort of get hold of a wig on the nhs you know you've reached out you've sort of helped keep their morale high and that's something that's hugely hugely important at a time where you know mental health especially is under the limelight perhaps more so than ever before Yeah, so, I mean, the knock-on effect of the pandemic obviously is hugely significant across so many areas. And, yes, like, uh, stress. Um, and actually, there is a whole um, acknowledgement of hair loss as a result of COVID. I don't know all the facts about that, but I have had clients in as a result of that. Um, I'm not exactly sure which strain or or the like nitty gritty of that, but that was one thing. Um, and then obviously, lots and lots of my clients have their chemotherapy stopped for a while. Um, they had to wear the wig for longer. Um, and then that essentially, in the long run, their treatment might have been more intensive because it was delayed, and then they weren't being treated. Sort of thing. Um, so it there was. I, I felt like with a lot of businesses, there was a lot of kind of bending with what was happening and kind of trying to sit around it and work with it. Um, um, but as I said, like repeat clients coming in, they getting stressed by it would order another one because they knew they had another one even if they couldn't see me. So it was it was quite an anxious period for everyone, probably just all coming from different angles. Would you say that having managed through this last 18 months that you've learned anything sort of about yourself and about your own resilience, having sort of guided and charted a course through this? Yeah, so one of the things that I've sort of been forced into is experimenting with different um, constructions, um, like 
types of wood construction, how to improve them for different types of hair loss. Um, a lot of clients, you know, are having stress hair loss, which can be like a, a delayed response from like an emotional or physical trauma, and it normally sets in three to six months later. Um, and I expect a lot of that ties in with all the pandemic stress. And so, anyway, what happens with some of their hair is that they can't actually attach things very well to their heads because their heads are so sensitive. So I've had to kind of work around how to construct things so that they're comfortable, but they stay place, stay in place, and that they're not going to move. Um, I've also, one of my big challenges has been uh, getting hair from Europe because that's where I get all my hair from. And working with suppliers with obviously Brexit and COVID together has not made that particularly easy. Um, I've even had other companies contact me to buy the hair I've bought. <laughs> so good people have been struggling to get hold of it. Um, but I think like I, what's made, what it's made me realise is how fortunate I am. I have a very, very, uh, very lovely client base and they're incredibly kind to me even though actually they're the ones kind of needing a hug more than me. So um, I've, I've just grown to realise just how fortunate I am to have what I have um, and actually enjoy the job I do because I know far too many people doing jobs that they don't enjoy. And I think those businesses that have formed such strong client relationships are the ones that have sort of reaped the most benefit from this quite difficult and tragic time we've had to try and chart a course through as it were and you mentioned as well there um the brexit um conundrum as well um i wanted to sort of talk a little bit about um that um just before we move on because um even though covid restrictions have now gone for the time being it hasn't almost lifted the weight off of business entirely has it because there have been several supply chain issues brexit has come into force at the beginning of the year that has made sort of import and export that little bit more difficult and also there's the cost of living crisis that's ongoing at the moment so um since restrictions have gone um has it actually become any easier for you operationally or are there still sort of some symptoms um of kind of a covid hangover that you're having to try and still navigate Mm -hmm. at this stage um i think like we make it very clear that we're still very cautious because if someone has a compromised immune system anything like cold is bad for them so um I'm very, very honest, like, even if I've just got a sniffle, I ring my client beforehand and say, just so you know, I've got this. If you want to reschedule, you can. Um, Generally, people are fine about it, but some who are, like, in the middle of treatment or something are very kind of wary. And there there are a lot of people, to be honest, who are still very um, sort of cautious about it all. Um, I think because when you come here, you see one or two people, it's such a small-scale operation that actually... They feel safer here than, say, if you were to go to a salon or something where there's lots of people. Um, so it, it is easy in the sense that clients have more confidence coming because then it makes it, the whole process a lot easier. In terms of importing hair, I've um, tried to, like, contact a variety of suppliers um, so that I can stagger my orders so that if one's delayed, I know I've got one on the way or there's going to come eventually, that sort of thing. If I'm completely honest, the whole EU import and export declaration thing has completely blown my brain and I still don't really get it. <laughs> and 
I have listened to so many seminars and things about it, and um, it still isn't very apparent or clear exactly what your business needs to do when doing those things. And mm. I've spoken to so many businesses, and I feel um, that that is still a struggle for me to work out exactly what's needed. But in terms of um, suppliers and having the momentum of work going through and the clients coming in and having things made, that all seems fine. The majority of my work is UK-based. I don't actually sit anything broad like most companies in my field. It's all UK-based. Um, so that has obviously benefited me massively because I don't need to send things across uh, the water. That's certainly encouraging. But yeah, I can imagine certainly that you're not alone in um, sort of the ex- issues that you've experienced getting things into the uh, the country in terms of product. And um Obviously, with these challenges, um, something being something that you have to continually navigate moving forward. I'd be interested to understand, Amy, just before we wrap up, um, where ideally you'd like your business to be by this time next year, hopefully having got over those issues successfully. Um, I have spent the last eight years trying not to expand, which sounds really, really weird. And all the business advisors I'd have over the years think I'm completely mad. But it's because I just, I'm very conscious about the like quality of the work we do and I didn't have the time or energy to apply to more than what I was doing. Anyway, I'm now at the point in my life where I can apply that. So I've just expanded my team and I'm hoping for us to grow and get a little bit bigger uh, to accommodate uh, more people um, per week. So at the moment we're sort of open three to four days a week. I'd like to open full time. Um, <clears throat> and uh, using that time really efficiently. That's the aim for the next year. Hopefully, like I say, it'll be some real progress toward really fulfilling those aims over the course of the next few months. And perhaps even in future, we might even get to catch up on the program and hopefully tell a real success story as to how that plan has sort of come to fruition. It's growth, but it's sort of measured and tentative, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I feel, considering the amount of businesses I know, I have been relatively untouched by the COVID pandemic um, because I've, I I expect I'm I'm in a grey area. I'm sort of medical um, sort of necessity product, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I've been able to continue trading, whereas a lot of people haven't been able to. So in terms of, like, if this happens again, or whatever, I still feel like we'd still be able to continue working and we'd sort of bend around to try and make it work. If I, you know, my team members maybe work from home or something like that, we could definitely do that. Um, so, yeah, so I, I have every faith that we will continue to, to grow, which will be great if we can achieve that. Yeah, it's fantastic to be talking about growth uh, given the couple of years we've just had, isn't it? Um, Amy, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's been incredibly insightful, just getting a bit of of an idea as to what's been going on in your quite niche corner of industry. And um, until hopefully we do get to speak again, please do take care and stay safe with all still going on. Oh, thank you, It's been a pleasure speaking to Amy Barnwell from Amy Wiggs on today's podcast and to all of our regular listeners tuning in. If you feel that you might have your own story of success and of innovation to share with us here at the Leaders Council, then by all means, you can apply to be on the show via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. We will be back, of course, later in the week. And until then, do take care and goodbye.